Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, what's up? Welcome to a bonus episode of Serious Issues, a comic book podcast. Usually we talk about all the brand new comics that come out every week. My name is Andrew Levins. My regular co-host is usually Siobhan Coombs. But today, it's special. Rogue One, a Star Wars story, has just come out in cinemas. And I've just uh, been a guest on a very special podcast in Sydney, uh, an episode of Steel Wars, a Star Wars podcast um, that happened at the Chippo Hotel. This afternoon in Sydney. Chippo. The Chippo. Talking Mendo at Chippo. And uh, I was a guest with, with Steel alongside my HeyFam co-host uh, Angus Truscott and Kyron Wheatley from, uh, from Triple J, ex-Triple J, was, uh, was a guest too. We talked all about Rogue One and uh, all about our thoughts, feelings and emotions towards the Star Wars franchise at this point. Uh, my guest on this podcast right now is the one and only Steel Saunders. Hey, you guys. How you doing? He may have been a... Uh, you may have been a fan of, uh, of Steel Wars or I Love Green Guy Letters. You may have been. That you sounds may have like, been. That sounds like they've drifted it's off. It's over now. You're dead. He this, died. Guy's, this guy's back. Steel died at the end of Rogue One. Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. Uh, but the reason we have, we're going to talk today is we, Steel and I have a, uh, a clear mission ahead of us. We're going to tell you which is the best Star Wars comic that Marvel have put out Whoa. since they took out took over the Mar- the Star Wars license. I didn't tell Steel that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. I just yeah. thought we were going to talk I'm, about Star Wars I'm comics. I'm so glad you said you didn't tell Steel because I was like, oh, I didn't read those text messages properly. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a harsh question. So Marvel took over the Star Wars comic book license uh, two years ago, almost two years ago. Yeah, they, they took it over, it was over two years ago, but they only started coming out January last year. So we're almost, I think we're almost into two years? No, it surely came out earlier. Oh, no, January two years. last year, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's still this year. Yep, I yeah. forgot. Because um, I remember my friend Justin got me the number one for my birthday. And right. my birthday's in January. And yeah, so it's almost two years, and yeah, what a what a what a ride it's been. So if you listen to this podcast, you know that me, Levins, listen. I, I read all comic books. At, at first and foremost, comic book fan, read them all. Steel, on the other hand, dabbles in comic books. However, now with the knowledge that all Star Wars comics are canon, 
Got to read all those Star Wars comic books. Yeah, I'll clarify. I never read comics when I was young. For some, I don't, I don't even know why. I just, I, it seemed like something I sh- probably should have. Like I was super into, I was always into Star Wars and that sort of stuff. But I never got into like Spider Man or Superman or like I like Batman the TV show, like the, the animated series. Yeah, or the or the sixty six Batman. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I, I guess I grew up in a little town and we didn't have comics. Yeah, so I never got into comics at all. And then through the Dark Horse Star Wars comics, I started reading, you know, like Dark Empire and Dark Empire 2 and, you know, the, like the real OG, like when Star Wars came back mm-hmm. in um, the mid-90s. And then it sort of got a bit convoluted and I drifted off sure. from comics. And then when they announced that the... The canon was getting rebooted and it's all going to be canon now and all these stories are going to be integrated as a um, a very dedicated Star Wars podcaster and commentator on the Star Wars franchise. I was like, well, I've got to, I've just got to head first dive. And I... I I think when they rebooted the canon, and this is across the board with books and stuff and comics, I think they overpromised. How do you mean? They were just going to have like this. It, it's all even. Like, like, like one of the things was that Kathleen Kennedy said in the announcement. Kathleen Kennedy's the the head of Lucasfilm now. That that George has retired to um, Adelaide Food Courts. <laughs> Um, he's on his noodle tour. So, they, they said that it was all going to be created equal. Like, through the books and the movies, the TV shows and stuff. And quite obviously it's not. Which is fine, but they, they sold a false promise. Like, I, I definitely think the hierarchy is movies, mm-hmm. TV shows, or, co- or cartoons... Books, comics. I'm not sure if there's any other media that they put out Star Wars stories in, but they're the four main ones, I guess. Apps, the apps, the apps canon. Oh, oh and games are like <laughs> stepchild. Like, I remember they said that the games were going to be canon as well, and I was like, well, that's not going to work out at all. And they've very quickly just drifted off from that. That's the thing. Like, I am. If you don't listen to Star Wars, I, I am like dick deep in Star Wars. Like what's happening behind Did the scenes? You say you dig deep or you're dick deep? Both. Okay. Whatever, whichever, whatever you heard, <laughs> that is applicable to my life. So, and 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 the thing about, and and was shocking to me the more I found out about it. I I kind of thought that people at like Lucasfilm were kind of infallible, that they were totally cross, but they're not. Like they, they've, 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 just, they've said this thing that it's all going to be canon, and then they're just slowly gone. Yeah, we're not going to mention the video games anymore. Because like, mm. I remember, like, there was that thing where on Battlefront, where um, Boba Fett flies up and he starts shooting, and then all these like people that just they react to what they want to react to, and they're like, "Boba Fett, it's confirmed, Boba Fett lives." And it's like, "Nah, dude, that's a preview for a video game." Anything can happen. Like, look in the background. There's like, there's like an ad at and a sand crawler. Like, what? 
Where is this occurring? <laughs> so, yeah, so I was very... Like, the thought going in that there was going to be a canon, well-written Star Wars comic that was going to intertwine with, with the story, like, I could not have been happier. I, 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 was, I was thrilled beyond belief. Like, and I went to... I've been to several Marvel panels at Comic-Con in San Diego, and they talk a big game. But but to be frank, they like in my mind, and and I think you're a far more positive than I about it. <laughs> Definitely, they're, they're dropping the ball massively. Well, I mean, and I think they're in a difficult position where yes, they have. No, to... No, I don't think they are in a difficult position. They have got the most loved franchise of all time, and they get to write stories in it. That it's not a difficult position at but all. But they have to write it from a superhero perspective, where they have to make sure the biggest stars star in these issues, and you know, th- there's massive cliffhangers at the end of each issue, and enormous things happen while still not fucking up what happens in the movies. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the one thing that you have a different outlook because you're coming from comics, and then you're looking. So, yeah, we're very different in the way we approach yeah. these stories. I'm coming from. Star Wars, and I'm reading it in a comic. So I've never read a Spider-Man comic or whatever, Batman, whatever. I love the movies. like I, And I actually love that I get to go to those movies with no hang-ups. For sure. Yeah. Like, I'm free. And like if the movie is sick, like Civil War... Yeah, we, we, uh, Steele and myself and Angus from HeyFam, we did a massive two-hour episode about how much we love Civil War. Oh, we, I, I just agreement. clapped and laughed and could not be more thrilled and like walked home just going, that was great. But then I go see Batman versus Superman and I go, oh my God, what a pile of shit. And then I woke up the next day and I'm fine. <laughs> Whereas I don't sleep for a week. Yeah. <laughs> but it's something that happened in Star Wars. Actually, I, I probably have been... I, I, I think over time, to be honest. And, and that they do have great bits, the Star Wars comics. But the, the, the negative... The things that I don't agree with, that don't fit in with my Star Wars, getting all political now, um, they haunt me. They're little slit knife blades on my hand that needs to get dipped in vinegar every like Thursday when I get comics like but they have great moments but then they just have horrible and I I think and and I I'm pretty sure the sales like if like the sales have plummeted compared to where they started oh that that happens with all comics across the board but yeah but should it no, probably not, but like you know, it's, it's it's a bizarre industry to follow like that. Okay, that's interesting. Um, but I think they sh- like if you're going to say it's all canon and it's all even, you you have to tell stories in the comics. Th- this is my bullshit. It's like oh, I totally understand. If this was in from. a movie, yeah. like like let's talk the f- let's talk the egg. So uh, we skip straight to a, like I think the worst moment. I, I agree with you. This is terrible, and I've dropped this comic because I hated it so much. This is uh, the Poe Dameron comic written by Charles Sewell with art by Phil Noto. 
um, that just went off the rails almost immediately. Did it? I mean, the first issue was pretty straight. I thought it was actually boring, but I, remember, I think you enjoyed it. What, what, what was the egg in? Like five or something? Like episode... Well, I mean, like, no, they, they met... So basically, like, for whatever reason, I can't remember how it happens, Poe Dameron comes across, like, a cult that worships an egg. Oh, no, no, he's... I, this is where I can actually fill in the gaps. Yeah. So Poe Dameron has been um, tasked by Princess Leia. And this is the thing, right? You don't have to go that hard, right? This is it. Force Awakens, um, before The Force Awakens. So you're finding out stuff before The Force Awakens. Who There's doesn't want to know? years in that gap Who that doesn't want to know, from, yeah. right? It is the most sought after, apart from knowing what happens in Episode Eight. that is the period that is the greatest mystery to Star Wars fans. So... Poe Dameron is tasked by Princess Leia to find Law Santeca, who you would know if you have listened this far into the <laughs> into the podcast, is the um, character at the start of The Force Awakens that says this will make things right and gives Poe Dameron the um, the Jedi map. So, so it's the start of that journey for Poe Dameron to track down Law Santeca around the universe. How do you mess that up? Like it's 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 like yes, I want ten issues of the like. I'll tell you how you mess it up, Steel. <laughs> you introduce a cult of people that worship an egg, and then three issues we spend around this cult where they stand around this egg waiting for this egg to hatch. Four issues later, the egg hatches and a fucking dinosaur that can fly comes Doesn't out. Doesn't it hatch because of the Imperials or something? Yeah, the Imperials make it hatch. It was just very... It did not feel like Star Wars. Not at all. Like, like, And that's the thing. So you've got this egg that's floating in this cave. And, and I didn't mind him going down to find the cult and they had an egg. <laughs> Whatever. I was fine with the egg. But he loved then, Tommy Dasselow. But <laughs> But then when the egg hatched and this bizarre dinosaur came out of it, I was like, fuck you, egg. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not sure I meant to not curse on this show, but I no, can't. curse away. That's my, how deeply I get. And there's a, um, I'm not sure how much you know about pro wrestling, but in the mid-90s, which for the WWF, now WWE, it was a low point, and they were trying whatever, and they had this, um, at one of the big pay-per-views, they had this thing called the gobbly, gobbly gooker. Right. And it was an egg on a, <laughs> like in a, like a giant egg, right? A human-sized egg in a nest. And it was like, on this pay-per-view, this egg is going to hatch. And this guy came out in a bird suit and it was one of the biggest blunders. Did in- he even wrestle? I can't remember if he even, re- like it's so bad that people can't even remember what happened after that. I don't <laughs> think he did wrestle. But, um, you know, if you remember Mean Gene Oakland, he's like, oh, my God, the gobbledygooker's here and whatever. That was that was Poe Dameron had its gobbledygooker moment. And it's like, yeah, this is funny to watch on YouTube when I'm remembering horrible 90s wrestling memories. But I just drove into the city to buy a comic. Yeah, and this is canon now. This is part of your lore. And now the gobbledygooker's like in Star <laughs> Wars canon. And we've got this pterodactyl flying about. And I'm like, kill me. <laughs> so we're going to talk about more about this Poe Dameron comic in a moment. We're going to go through all of the comics that Marvel have put out from the Star Wars universe. I thought you were about to cat to an ad then. No, 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 no. 
<laughs> this issue of Serious Issues is brought to you by... We'll be back with more Sad Nerd after these messages. Sad Nerd. There's, surely there's a podcast called Sad Nerd. I'd listen to it. Um, so I have all of the uh, Star Wars books that Marvel put out in front of me. Great. The first one we're going to start with is uh, one that I'm sure you're going to have quite an opinion about. Uh, and that is the self-titled Star Wars comic that's been written by Jason Aaron with various artists. This is the first Star Wars comic that Marvel launched. started in January 2015. Again, we mentioned earlier, the, the first issue was given to Steel, and that's what started him on this voyage of, uh, of misery for him. The first episode was good. The first issue was fun. I, I was filled with hope. So this is the, basically the series that stars all the heroes that you remember from the first trilogy of Star all Wars. All of them. All of them. Even the ones that maybe should not meet in between movies because it lessens the impact of them meeting in the movies. All right. And here's the deal. Whilst Kathleen Kennedy said that it's all going to be an even universe of, of, of all these different media, obviously the movies are king. Yep. Now, my, this, this is my rule that I've hoped... Like, this is what I think they should do. If, if I was given my rightful job as <laughs> the head of story development at Lucasfilm. You've applied for this, right? In a way. <laughs> in a way. By cynically tweeting the people that already have that job. That is my application. They're fucking terrible at this. Yeah. I'm nice to them. We, 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 we have a good time. Now, the movies, the, the comics, and all the other media, but particularly the comics should enhance what happens in the films, not diminish, not, not um, belittle the, the events that you see in the films. Because in my mind's eye, it's like all this stuff happened in the canon and the most important bits are featured in the films. They're, they're, they are the most um, pivotal moments in the galaxy far, far away they, they, they are so pivotable, pivotable, pivotable. <laughs> I have, sorry guys, I have to say, just a heads up, this is my fourth podcast today. And this one has been recorded at gunpoint. Yes. No, it's not. I, 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 I love, um, I, I, I can listen to this show, this is a credit to you guys, um, is I don't read any other comics apart from stuff, but I can just listen to you guys talk about it and it's like, it's enjoyable. It's almost like you read the comics we're talking about. No, I just it's just like when people are like got good personalities on the mic and stuff, you can just listen. And I, I've I've got like there was a dude that listened to like seventy one episodes of Steel Wars and emailed me and said, I finally decided to watch Star Wars. Oh my god. And I'm like, You're nuts, but that's quite a compliment <laughs> that I held your attention for that long. Uh yeah. So, so in three months, you're going to email us like, hey, this Spider-Man. <laughs> Can't wait to read about his adventures. I've, I've watched a few of his adventures on the big screen. Now, um, yeah, so I just, I just don't think that the comic should diminish what happens in the film. So, I, like, to me, Darth Vader came across his son, Luke Skywalker, three times in the canon. There was, like, in the Death Star Trench. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Force is strong in this one. Um, Empire Strikes Back on Cloud City. And then in Return of the Jedi. And 
to have him, I believe, in the second issue. Am I right? Uh, the end of the first issue. Was it the end of the first issue? I he, thought he shows up and Luke is there, and then they have a moment together in the second issue. Yeah. To do that, it's just like Empire Strikes Back is the first time they meet. It's 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 like people get angry at George Lucas for not following the continuity in Revenge of the Sith and Attack of the Clones, so it matches up with A New Hope. These Marvel comics mavericks <laughs> are just like they like they talk a big game at the convention at, at Comic Con and stuff. And and they're quite defensive. But it's like fans have spent, you know, thirty five years or whatever, that's the first time they meet with lightsabers. And then they bust out this comic and it's like un- totally untrained Luke Skywalker. Like is is sort of trying does, to go up against Darth doesn't Vader. Doesn't get killed. Yeah. Doesn't get killed by Darth Vader. Like we've seen Rogue One. We saw Rogue One this week. We've seen what happens when a non-Jedi comes up against Darth Vader. It is it is not good for Rebel or Dor alike. They all only hard drives escape. Only hard drives and that's that is the way the good people at Belkin wanted it, or whatever. Is that a hard <laughs> Is that a hard drive manufacturer? That's a good one. Is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. you nailed it. Again, fourth podcast of the day. <laughs> that took so much effort. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm trying gonna... to think of an other alternative, and like, there's like Seacraft or Sea something. That's one. I don't know. So yeah, to to belittle that, and then they like he loses his lightsaber in one issue twice. He he fights. And, 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 and this is just trite bullshit, is he's blinded and then fights Boba Fett and somehow gets away, but so he's blinded so he doesn't recognise Boba Fett. <laughs> like, why don't you just have at the end of every comic and then Luke Skywalker woke up and it was all a dream? Or like the men in black rock up and hit the oh. memory wipe button. But this is the thing. This is the painful thing with these comics. They'll have, like, this horrible, you know, Luke Skywalker, like, like you know, getting involved with Boba Fett. But then they'll have these flashback episodes that show... It's like Luke reading Ben Kenobi's diary, and it recounts when Ben was protecting, a, like, a teenage or, a you know, like a 12-year-old Luke from mm. um, dangers. And it's just brilliant and poignant and and it and it adds to the movies it adds to Ben Kenobi's like penance that he's paying on Tatooine and this is another thing like people want like a Ben Kenobi store like a Ben Kenobi you know movie or trilogy or whatever and it's like if you take Ben Kenobi off Tatooine I I, I, I like that could be my I don't know how I'll deal with that because it's like that's the story that's set up that Ben Kenobi took Luke Skywalker to Tatooine at the end of Revenge of the Sith and was like, I'm dedicating... I Like, we as Jedi messed up so badly and my punishment essentially is to watch over this kid for the next 20 years on this piece of shit planet. <laughs> if he's jetting off and having adventures... Oh, it takes away. Like, 
Sure. Like, can't we just... Ugh. Yeah, I love those. Those the first two, especially of those two kind of like looking back issues. Mm. The the most recent one was a bit weird, where Luke Skywalker suddenly shows up and saves the day in a spaceship. You read that one? Oh, I'm not up to that one yet. Yeah, cool. I've been. Um, I should point out for everyone, I've been traveling a fair bit in the past couple of months, so I'm not exactly up to date with what's going on. But but my anger is still as wild as ever. But I but then also my appreciation for the great bits. Um, well, yeah, I mean, Jason Aaron nailed I just have to finish up my of Ben course. Kenobi rant. Get in there, get in there. The people that want a Ben Kenobi movie or a trilogy, and it's like, yep, I feel your pain. He's only been in six of the Star Wars films. <laughs> Come on. That's the end? Yeah. I can get in there. I can host my podcast now. <laughs> no, I just have to, like, that's my, like, that's my strong arm argument against people wanting... A Ben so Kenobi film. Jason Aaron, I think for the most part in the main Star Wars comic, nails the dialogue of the characters that we know and love. And I think like that that's no mean no no small feat. Um, they're definitely like that 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 need to always end on a massive cliffhanger, have all the characters be in it somehow. Because Darth Vader in a way is kind of equal to the combination of Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, and Princess Leia. No, no. Darth Vader in the Star Wars comics is like the equivalent of Dr. Claw. Next time, Gadget. Next time. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They've, lo- they've lowered into that at some point, oh, for sure. They, they, they've done things where... And again, everyone's got their own Star Wars and the balance and stuff, but where it's like... Like, he's, he's interacting with them far too much. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And then... At other times, like in that, um, what was the what was the crossover? Vader down, Vader down, which is between Darth Vader and Star Wars. We're going to talk about that one in a second. We'll talk about the crossover first. Okay, well, it's just like too many powers. Like if he's just crushing shit out of the air, why didn't he do that in Rogue One? Why didn't he do that to the Carillion Corvette at the end of Rogue One? Like it's it's, it's you know what I mean. Like there's separate, like. Like, you promised me an even canon universe where it all matches even up. even canon. Where it all counts and it's all like... It's, it's like all this like multimedia journey. And it's not. There's all these different rules. Um, yeah, what else has happened in Star Wars? So, the most recent arc I think has been the strongest arc so far. It's um, the one in which... Uh, Luke, Han, our heroes um, steal a Star Destroyer. Meanwhile, there is a um, like an extreme version of Stormtroopers after them. Oh, my God. Have you read any of this? I, I've really enjoyed this arc. I, I'm hoping... I haven't yet. But is that the one where Stormtroopers have all got different suits and lightsabers? One of them has a lightsaber. And what? he's the guy that we've... We've actually met this character earlier in this arc... In the in that ridiculous issue where okay, everybody redeem has the lightsaber for me, redeem because because for me, like I know that like in the Ralph McQuarrie concept pictures, stormtroopers had lightsabers, and that's great for a picture. But now I'm in like Star Wars canon. <laughs> so this is a guy that collects. He envies. He looks up to. Oh, the way things oh, were, and he's, right. a, he's a collector of all things. I've so. got another horrible moment. Please, please, I, 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 this is entertaining for me because we, we, I, I try and find the good in these comics as often as I can. Yeah, you know, it's not really in my prerogative to try and point out negatives in comics at the time, but I'm always keen to hear them. There were, there's one, th- 
I, I don't know if this is because I don't know the tropes of comics. Sure. I don't know the rules or the the rules you're allowed to. The break. rules is the rules are try and keep people buying the fucking issues <laughs> month to month. Yeah. Well, you're fucking blowing it, dude. <laughs> Stan Lee. That's your real name. That's your real company, even though I know it's not. Um, there was one arc where there was like there was like an arena battle, and R two D two came in with all these stolen lightsabers, yeah, and then everyone, all the heroes, had a lightsaber. It was like Oprah, you get a lightsaber, <laughs> you get a lightsaber, you get a lightsaber, and this is the thing that annoyed. This is the thing I'm talking about with the rules. All of a sudden, R2 was able to shoot out five lightsabers out of all these different ports. It's like they don't... And this is like super nerd shit. Sure. But it's like... But if you can't be super nerd shit about a comic, what yeah, can you be exactly. super nerd shit about? But the about? droids in these Star Wars comics seem to be TARDISes that can like store far more mass than is visibly seen. In this dimension, and I can only judge <laughs> this comic from this dimension, you know. Like that's all. I'm just a fish. I'm just flesh and bone. <laughs> so I don't know about these other dimensions where you put shit in an astromech and it just stores. It's like wow. It's like those vacuum lock bags that you see advertised on late night TV that you can get so much more in a suitcase. I'm not sure if they're doing this for lightsabers or missiles or whatever. But it seems to be a common thread in these Star Wars comics that inside the astromech, there's another dimension where so much can be stored. So are you unable to put weird moments like that aside to enjoy a story? Or I, like I don't judge you if you can't. I onto them, <laughs> sure. and then when someone gives me a microphone, it's on. <laughs> I unleash. Are the moments of goodness in the main Star Wars series enough to give this comic merit in your eyes or do these things undo it? I haven't seen this new um, arc that you're talking about. I love about. this new arc, but I can well, see why, like, well, you know... Well, like, this is the thing. The very idea of these characters stealing a Star Destroyer might be too much in your eyes. Like, it's, it is an event. Why haven't we seen this in a movie? I get that, but... Oh, no, that's not... That, like, that, to me, is not such a thing because it's a solo... It's more about when the characters interact. They're sure. the major things, do you know what I mean? So yep. you've got, like, with this election, right... There's, like, Trump doing stuff. There's Hillary doing stuff. Yeah. And you just hear a bit about it. But when they're together in the same room, like, the world stops to watch. And, and, and that, that is like Star Wars and Empire Strikes. It's when they all interact. Uh-huh. And, like, that's just an analogy I just, like, came up <laughs> with now. It might not hold well. But, like, that's what it is to me. And, um... Yeah, so in that thing when he hands out all the lightsabers, R2-D2, and then it's like Chewbacca's holding a lightsaber. It's just like... Please. It made for a great image, but I get... No, I'm, it didn't. I'm with you. It, no, it yeah. didn't. It made for a horrible image. It haunted your dreams for weeks. It's like, Wookiee, please. <laughs> all right, so Star Wars. Not the worst, but not the best. Yeah, I... Again, the Obi-Wan... This is the thing. And, and, and also, I'm sort of like... Because I like report on all this stuff... Like, I'm kind of bound to keep going. Like, or at least that's my... Ex- I don't know if that's an excuse. Like, I, so I, I, I'm not sure. I'm in this grey area well, wh- where... Why wouldn't you be critical of it? it? It makes total sense. You're critical of the cartoons. You're critical of the movies. Like, it's like... Yeah, but I'm full of praise as well. Like, I'm not here just to, like, poop. But it's... It, it's I, I think it's like... Like, in... 
if you're covering something, like if you're going to do it properly, that you have to like go either way and like of if there's bullshit, call it out and stuff yeah. like. As long um, as you know that at some point in the next half hour, you have to assign one of these as the best. Okay. <laughs> That's the rule. So the next one we're going to talk about is Star Wars, uh, the Darth Vader comic, which is uh, written by Kieran Gillen with art all the way through by Salvador La Roca. Um, I'm going to put out the positives straight away. Like For me, this was a great way of exploring a character that is obviously so beloved in the Star Wars universe. Sometimes the characters within it seemed very... Uh, minimal and like you know expendable but I really enjoyed seeing how devoted to winning the praise of the Emperor Darth Vader was within this comic and uh, I thought it ended issue 25 which was uh, the end of this run I haven't actually haven't read that so I thought I really enjoyed that I've heard it's great Um, here's the deal how many issues was it 25 issues 25 and a few annuals there was one panel in that comic where it was um, he finds out that he's got a son uh-huh. and he realises that the Emperor lied to him and through the force he cracks the big glass window of the Star Destroyer. Yep. That was seriously one of the best things I've ever seen in Star Wars. Like, it was such... like. This is the thing, and this proves my point exactly. It didn't take away from anything from the films. It added Absolutely. to the films. Enhanced. It, it added more um, of this bizarre relationship the Emperor and Darth Vader have. This weird antagonistic... <laughs> sorry, again, fourth podcast <laughs> and probably about twelfth beer. You, and the, the, the most tragic thing is you've got six more to record tonight. <laughs> um, and that panel was just... Like, that's what the Star Wars comics should aspire to do. Like, you don't need... It didn't involve him, like, meeting Luke or coming up against Han Solo in an AT-AT or any of that. It was just an internal moment of him getting information that he would have had to have found out. For the most part in the Darth Vader comics, he was the only kind of legacy character beyond the Emperor that we saw. We saw a lot of new characters introduced in that series, including two characters that I know you are not a fan of, and they are the uh, alternate droids of uh, C-3PO and R2-D2. It's, I think it's, is it BT and someone else? I believe you described them once as whimsical. Just for everyone listening, when he brought them up, I just started looking at the ground angrily. <laughs> Hoping you were, you were hosting a podcast with the ground instead of me. The, okay, here's the deal with those two. <laughs> for one, whatever, what is it, triple zero? Triple zero is the protocol death droid. Like, just for, okay... From right at the start, it's like, I oh, see so he just has droids exactly the same as he had in the prequels that were good, and now they're black. Like, can you be any less imaginative? Or oh, he's got R two D two and C three PO, and the they're imagination black. lies in their their personalities. No, it doesn't. <laughs> That's where it dries up. <laughs> 
I really enjoy those characters, but I totally understand that that's me enjoying them as characters in a comic and not as characters in the Star Wars universe. I can't when I when I read that comic, I can never imagine those characters within a film, and I think that is a a, a big part of why and, I and, enjoy it versus and, why you do. And Empire, like so, this is M- this is pre Empire Strikes Back. Darth Vader. This yep. is between Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. Now, remember in Empire Strikes Back when Darth Vader just choked anyone that had an untied shoelace? Uh-huh. Yeah, well, this droid, Triple Zero, can mouth off to Darth Vader and give these smarmy replies whenever he feels like it, and he gets off scot-free. It's, it is not... The, the the scenes with Darth and he's like triple zero. Some people find him funny because he's always like all he says is I want to kill people. I want to kill people. I want to like instead of saying six million forms of communication, it's like I just want to kill people. That's his ongoing joke. Um, and it's meant to be funny. Darth Vader, the Dark Lord of the Sith. <laughs> Voted in numerous, like, movie polls, the greatest villain of all time. Does not need comic relief. <laughs> he just doesn't. Yeah, he, I think it is like a, a, a tr- just a kind of accepted trope within comic books that you need the comic book, the comic relief. Okay. So what's, like, the comic relief in, like, Poe Dameron? That's a very light-hearted comic. Everyone is the comic relief in that book. That's why it's annoying, because everyone's a quipper. Whereas I love Darth Vader, because you know the only character within that, or the only characters, are the new ones, that Triple Zero and then Dr. Aphra. They're the only ones that are going to mouth off to anybody that are going to make jokes within that book. Yeah. I just, like, it, it, but what, do you, like, what do you think of my premise that his interaction with Triple Zero is not true to the character of Darth Vader? I agree with you on a all of this is canon standpoint. I immediately separate because I know that no one values comics as much as I do. So I don't really care. I just see them as but something so separate. how ironic is that? Is yeah. that like, I don't worry about it so much because I know that people don't worry about <laughs> comics as yeah, much exactly. as I do. You're in a fucking paradox, dude. Yeah. It's great in here. <laughs> the water's fine. I don't worry about that that's not good because I know people no, no, don't care about it as much I, as me. I, 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 it's not that I don't find, think it's... I think it is good, but I don't, like... I just think it's different. You know, I, I allow it to be different. Yeah, it's weird. And, and I wonder about my lack of comic um, upbringing because one of... Uh, a friend of mine who is on the Lucasfilm Story Group, mm-hmm. so they're like... Making these, or or letting like, and I don't. He's not like king of the mountain. Do you know what I mean? He's, sure. He's like, I guess the junior member, but he loves like 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 the comics came up. We're in this line at Comic Con, going to this party, and something about the comics came up, and a friend of mine that was with us said, "Oh, you don't want Steele's opinion." <laughs> about the Darth Vader comic. He's like, what, what? And I'm like, oh, those droids. Come on. And he's like, oh, Triple Zero, he's hilarious. And I'm like, so this is, you know, essentially an executive at Lucasfilm. And it's just like... You're like, not what I needed to hear, not what I needed to hear. So it's... 
I don't know. Like, you just throw your hands up and you... <laughs> it's just like Darth Vader doesn't need comic relief like that. And he wouldn't take that sort of shit. Empire Strikes Back Darth Vader doesn't take shit. He's strangling people. Apology accepted, Captain Nita. So I'm, I'm going to... Gonna... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Spoil. Can I spoil the end of issue 25 somewhat? I'd rather you didn't. Uh, I won't. Okay. Uh, you should read... I'm looking forward to you reading. Maybe we can do a follow-up one of these. When, okay. you, when you finish issue 25 and uh, then read the Dr. Afro number one that just started, which I think is really rare because it is an entirely new character that they've built out of the comic books with her own series now. Yeah, that's interesting. And I don't mind it, but my, my, I, my complaint about that is like, we've just released this new film, Rogue One, and now we've got a spin-off from a Darth Vader comic. Like, it's like... Where, like it's so weird. Like I, I find, I'm, like, and that's something we haven't touched on is there is serious problems with the like how that synced up Marvel is with Star Wars. Like that that C three PO comic, just how delayed it was. Totally, yeah. and it was. What did you think? I want to know what you thought about C three PO comic. Just a waste of time. Written by James Robinson and uh, Tony S. Daniel on art. A waste of time. So in a one C-3PO makes his way across the planet with a bunch of droids and they all keel over and die or <laughs> uh, get killed by the uh, planet that he's on at the time. He gets sac- It was basically a comic that told how he got a red arm. Yeah, I, I think the whole idea of the comic was flawed. Right, I thought, yeah, I agree with you that. I think the execution of it was actually quite... I was amazed at how enjoyable that comic was considering how pointless it was. There was something weird in it that I didn't... Maybe C-3PO was too action hero-y. I can't remember. There was something about it. He was very much an observer. He didn't really do anything heroic throughout it. He he certainly showed empathy towards a lot of droids. Oh, no, no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that didn't make sense. So, like, this isn't so much the comic's fault, but the whole, 
C-3PO red arm thing. Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. Because he, you tell this incredible story in which he, you know, keeps his red arm as a tribute to a, a droid that sacrificed his life. And then when he then rewatched The Force Awakens, he's like, I fucking hate this red arm. I'm going to get rid of it in one day. Like, And then by the end of The Force Awakens, if you watch closely... He's gotten rid of the red yeah, arm. He fucking no hated explanation. it. Fuck that dumb droid who died. <laughs> anyway, so, all right. So Darth Vader not the best. C three PO not I'll the tell best. You the, other, the other the other thing about the droid thing in um, Darth Vader, we're talking about the TARDIS. That other droid, the little the astromech droid, the evil R two D two. BT. He is somehow able to summon several. Dozen nuclear warheads within him, yeah, out of his cell. <laughs> I don't know how droids work. I, I haven't seen their blueprints. Like, I Instagram this a photo of him with all these like missiles popped out of him, and it's like if you just like Photoshop those missiles and then put them over the body of R two or the the evil R two D two, they don't fit. Where are they coming from? Where's that third leg going when it's not needed? It's the force, the force. I've got uh, a couple comics that I've not read that I'm hoping you have, so you can uh, tell me your enlightened uh, opinions on them. Uh, the Princess Leia comic by Mark Wade and Terry Dodson. It's what it was. Like, I, I, I tell you this, I almost like it because it doesn't. Um, it didn't jar me. Didn't jar jar you. <laughs> It just, yeah, I... It's a cute story with a beginning and an end point, right? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. This is, to be honest, I'd rather them to be boring. <laughs> so, in, by nature, you are against why I would read a comic. No, I just want to... I, I would rather them, I'd rather them be boring and true to the characters than exciting and just like, what the fuck? So the Star Wars movies are boring? No, because the Star Wars <laughs> movies are true to the characters. Right, of course. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Don't twist my words, Levens. <laughs> I will get this cord and strangle the fuck out of you, son. Um, another one I didn't read was the Star Wars Kanan book, which is uh, related to a character from... Great. Uh, the, is the, he, the, was the, he in Rebels or is he... He's in Rebels. He's a... Um, uh, so his character is like a Padawan... That during Order sixty six in Revenge of the Sith got away, like he his, his Jedi Master said, run off, and now he's sort of he hid his Jedi ness, and then it's sort of been awakened when he meets Ezra, a, a young another Force sensitive person in the cartoon Star Wars Rebels, and this is my thing about Star Wars comics: the further away you get from major characters the better they are. I agree with you with this. And, uh, and like, I think we, we've spoken about this on Hayfam before. Both of us at our core want the same thing. We want a Bounty Hunter comic. Yeah. That would be the best Star Wars comic we could possibly get. Because I tell you, to, some of my favourite ones have been... They, I haven't got this year's ones, but they did those Star Wars annuals. Yep. Oh and my God, you will hate the most recent one. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, just, just don't, I know. It, it, this is the thing... About putting yourself out there and that it's and 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 having a very passionate opinion about uh, like about things is that people like Levens 
will read a comic and it's horrible, but they'll enjoy it because it's like, oh, Steele's going to hate this. <laughs> this is going to be very entertaining. <laughs> I can't wait to hear about how his day was ruined by this comic. So, um, yeah, so there was this Star Wars... Annual. I'm not sure if it was Darth Vader or Star Wars, but there was this story about a, re- a spy from the Rebellion that was infiltrated the Imperial life on Coruscant and would um, had some interactions with the Emperor. I think that was the Star Wars annual. Was it Star Wars? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And it was a one-shot annual and it showed... It didn't diminish anything that had happened in any other films. In fact, it added to the lore of Palpatine being this manipulator and always, like, on the ball. And it was... It yeah. was that was perfect. You take a character, you work out the definition of the character, you emphasize those definitions in another story, and you come up with other characters that can like assist that and also other characters that because they're not in the films, you can do whatever you want with. Like Yeah, I think the both of those first annuals from Darth Vader and Star Wars were really good. Um, the most recent one from Star Wars is about a uh, a new character aiding the annual was uh, about a new character aiding Princess Leia, and I feel I feel like that that has Steel's going to hate this all over it. Really, we can check in. We'll do a follow up. I can't this wait. Is, this is an interesting discussion to me. Uh, the last one I didn't read was uh, Star Wars Obi Wan and Anakin. I written by Charles. Actually, Sewell. finished that one, but it's pretty good. because so, that's like that's like the most difficult one to write because it is from an era that. Not that many people associate as a good time. I would, I would argue that. Please do. I, I'll, like there's there's a, a huge amount of fan base that are like really starving for prequel era new canon content. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Like, so when when the films were coming out, the the, the prequels, there was so much uh, material. You know, before the films and after the films, during the films whether it be comics or novels, and now they're all wiped clean, and, and people really want stuff. There, there is, you know, despite like what people think of the prequels, there is a huge fan base that wants stuff done with those characters. And the other thing is, if you do stuff with those characters that are great, like comics or novels, it increases your appreciation of those movies that maybe you didn't like. And Obi-Wan and Anakin, I think, is a perfect um, case for that because what it does, they're, they're, they're off on this very steampunk planet on, on you know, some trying to solve some mystery. And that's okay. It just scoots by. Sure. But where it's piping hot is the flashbacks to Anakin training at the Jedi Temple. Right, that is interesting. Yeah. And, and Palpatine, like, sort of watching and stuff. Like, that is... Like, the machinations of Palpatine, which, you know, for all the, like, you know, people not liking the prequels and stuff, that Palpatine's plan to become Emperor and George Lucas conceiving that plan are both pretty good. Do you know what I mean? Like, George Lucas came up with it. Sure. But, like... But also, it like the in like I think both the in universe 
and out of universe machinations of his plan like a great the execution you can debate on podcasts till the sun sets on iTunes <laughs> at the very least on this podcast I've learnt that I pronounce Boba Fett and Palpatine wrong no I'm not saying I'm not I'm not here do they not actually say their names at any point in the yeah, movies yeah but it's sort of just like tomato tomato right like, sure like in Star Wars I think like Leia Leia Right. Han, Han. Yep. Like they're, they're all through the film, they're pronounced wrong. So all that stuff, I just find it... Like if someone steps to me with like how to pronounce ATAT or A-T-S-T or, a- or A-T-A-T, it's just like, fuck off, you are a boring as fuck nerd. We're not in English class, we're talking about... It's, it's a four-legged giant robot laser dog... And you give a shit if it's ADAT or ATAT? Also, R2D2 could only fit two lightsabers within him, not five. No, one. <laughs> All right, so we're going to burn through this list. My favorite comic that's come out of the Marvel stable since it came out, since they took over, is the Lando comic, written by Charles Sewell, with art by Alex Maleev. I haven't dipped into that one yet. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Right. I've got him at home so in Melbourne. It, it explains why Lobot is the way he is, like what happened to make him be disabled in the way he is, and it also is just it just nails the disabled. Well, I mean, sorry, no, already he's extra able. Extra, sure, okay. <laughs> he's got an Apple TV in his fucking head, dog. You're right, enabled. He's so, watching Westworld right now, and you don't even know it. <laughs> we got to get you on HeyFan and talk about Westworld. Oh, how good was Westworld? It was a really satisfying finale. Anyway, we'll talk about it in the future. Hopefully they'll make comics in the future that still I can argue about on this podcast. But until they don't, hey fam. Um, so yeah, Lando I thought was probably my favourite so far. You have to, that's one you have to catch up on. We can't argue about it. What about, um, what, what did you think of Shattered Empire? I was going to talk about that next. Oh, okay, great. Which is the only comic that, that, that doesn't really exist beyond uh, Kanan. There's every other comic is uh, is set between Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back, I think, and obviously Poe Dameron as well, set after before Force Awakens. Anyway, don't worry. Yeah, which which I find to be a big like a, a bit of a misfire. I just think that like you know they've got a long a long term plan ahead of themselves. So like Star Wars will probably reinvent itself and relaunch after Empire Strikes Back in a year. Darth Vader will probably come back. They're doing this era first, then moving on to the next one. Strap in, Steel. <laughs> it's going to get a lot worse. Uh, I also, another thing with that Darth Vader one. Big call. Big call. To send him back to Tatooine. Right. And go to Jabba's Palace. Big call. Good call? Just a big one. Big call. <laughs> Hate sand, everyone. Hates it. Hate sand. He he told everyone he hated sand. Yeah, well, there was always the um. I think it was maybe it was in the expanded universe, but it was the whole thing that Vader didn't go down to Tatooine because it it was too gnarly for him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because that's when he was a little blonde-headed scamp. <laughs> um. So yeah, they sent him to Jabba's palace. Like, it was thrilling to see Jabba's Palace again, but I don't know. That, yeah. that, that's a lesser of my issues. 
Shattered Empire uh, is almost a prequel to The Force Awakens. It happens immediately after Return of the Jedi and fills in the gaps of people who end up... Whose parents do we learn about in that? Poe Dameron's. Poe Dameron's parents. I thought the first I, 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 two I, I, issues were quite good and I then it got it, really it, boring towards the end. I think it covers the conception of Poe Dameron. Right. So Graphically. That, that's, that's a next step in Star Wars. What did you think? I think... I, I didn't mind it. It's written by Greg Rucker, who is one of my all-time favourite comic book writers. I didn't love it. Okay. I thought it was decent. And like, especially, probably much like you said, the first two episodes were um, pretty compelling. And it sort of ends on that... The, the, the Jedi tree thing. Yep. Which... On its own... I, I can't say... Let's talk about this in a year. Okay. And I'll tell you if the ending of Shattered Empire is any good. All right, you guys, you heard it here first. Every December, we're, Seal and I are going to meet and talk about Star Wars comics. No, because there, there, there is a chance that this tree thing oh, is going to come back. For sure. Okay, yeah, good point. In, in, into the Jedi lore. So because this comic, I think the first issue came out just before Force Awakens came out, and then the next three issues came out after. Yeah, and it's sort of, which I, I, I quite enjoy, it gives, um, and it's a bit of a cheat, but it gives an alternate angle of something in the films. Like, there's a, there's a, a young adult novel called um, Wow, it's written by Cordia Gray. It's called Star... Oh, my God, what's it called? I'm just sure it's named novels. Is it, is it part of the regular canon or... Yeah, yeah. Is it Bloodlines or is it... No, no, it's the one she did before that. It's called something Star. Wait there. Sorry, everyone. Star somebody. Uh, Steel has talked about this on both HeyFam and Steel Wars, which are two podcasts that you can find on iTunes. They're free downloads. But why don't you give us a couple bucks to say thanks for all the good times and memories you've had. What, what, what's it called? <laughs> Excellent advertisement. Um, yeah, it's called Lost Stars. Lost Stars. And it covers um, kind of a, a bit of a Romeo and Juliet story in Star Wars around the events of um, A New Hope. So it's of two Imperials that are sort of getting into the academy and then they're, they're sort of involved in the events of A New Hope and they see it from a different angle. And that is one of... That, that's my favourite Star Wars book of the new canon. Yeah, right, cool. And But it could be a cheat that it gives us like a Back to the Future 2 angle on things that we've seen. But still, I, I, I loved it. I also have... I've got a theory that all Star Wars books should be young adult because they're not... Like, they're films for 12-year-olds. Yeah, of course. So why are the books written for, like, 40-year-olds? It doesn't make sense. But, yeah, so it's, it's an exceptional book. But um, all, all so, so the first bit of, Dark, of Shattered Empire is quite compelling for that Back to the Future 2 angle of Return of the Jedi. Sure. Um, and, and, and that sort of... They, they do a bit of mopping up of Imperials on Endor and stuff, and that's just like... Like, for someone that's like, loves Star Wars... You know, when he saw Return of the Jedi in the cinema, it's just like, oh, yeah, what did happen the next day? 
you know, like last I heard, Lando was clapping, eyeing off which Ewok he's going to like get into the hut with. And now I know what happens afterwards. So I, I, I thought that was... It was an interesting book. I, I, my, con- my, my complaints of it was it was a bit dull. Yeah, but that falls into my thing of yeah, like you know, Star Wars comics should be boring. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying they should be boring. I'm just saying I'd rather them to be dull than uh, then this isn't my Star Wars. Like sure, like they, like I'd rather them just be like whatever than offensive. Sure. All right, we're gonna move on to uh, the last few. Um, did you read the Charles Sewell and Phil Noto before they did Poe Dameron? They did the Chewbacca comic, five issue Chewbacca comic. I've got it, but I haven't read it. Such a five issue, closest thing to an all ages comic that uh, the Star Wars comics have done since Marvel took it over. It almost, you know, how like Iron Man three suddenly becomes this like Tony Stark and some kid hanging out. This is what the Chewbacca comic is kind of about. I think you would hate it. <laughs> is um. But, but this comic doesn't have Gwyneth Paltrow, yeah? No. No, no, no you're right. fine. This, uh, it sounds, sounds better than Iron Man 3, then. When uh, she got in the Iron Man suit, get <laughs> fucked. It's the rescue suit. It's different. It looks the same, but it's different. She fights. <laughs> is, she, is she selling that suit on her website? On, the, on Gwyneth Paltrow's uh, health website? On, on yeah, yeah, Goop yeah. or whatever it's called? <laughs> uh, so this comic... Uh, I will say the best thing I had for it is the first issue had lots of uh, just nice images of uh, Chewbacca lying down surrounded by flowers. Really? Yeah, it was really lovely. Lots wow, of, that, lots of great images. Like doesn't that. that sound like a comic I should read after this discussion? Yeah. Just unwind? <laughs> but this, I, I, I should, like, I, if people like if people listening to this to listen to Steel Wars, you sort of get where I'm, you understand. But, like, I don't, like, I enjoy, like, I, I enjoy yeah, analyzing sure. Star Wars. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not here, like, like hating. It. I, 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 the comics of particular uh, just have this jarring effect well, on me. But even the, the the runs that you're complaining about have issues that you've loved. So it's you know. Oh my god! In the Darth Vader comics, when it's Darth Vader dealing with other Imperials, like like Tag or whatever. Oh man, wait till the, the last ten issues of that, you'll lose your mind. Like over. all the machinations and the political things in the 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 Empire, and how Darth Vader lost his standing, like you know, like he's less mm-hmm. respected since the Death Star got blown up, and he's the only one that got off. Oh my god. That is exactly what they should be doing, is enhancing what we know, enhancing the films, not belittling the character with these two asshole robots that are just derivatives of his, like, other robots. Like, They're going to drain you of their blood, of your blood, Seal. Oh, it's very funny. Jeez. What is that? What is that storyline? They try to drain someone's blood to no, pump he it always, into- Yeah, he, he just... Like Triple uh, Zero just con- constantly makes references to wanting to do that, and at one point there's this like long, uh, it's very funny in which like it's like the, just before a big say very funny yeah fuck you Evans <laughs> I'll take it it's very funny everybody it's uh in the canon very funny um so my least favorite Star Wars comic is the Force Awakens adaptation comics which came out a year after Force Awakens did and were not interesting in the slightest like. It, they almost didn't follow the dialogue. Did you read them? 
So here's the deal. They bring out this film called The Force Awakens. It finally tells us what happens after Return of the Jedi. It is the most anticipated film. I'm not sure if it's the most... It, it's either the most anticipated film or the second most anticipated film of all time. Uh-huh. The other films are Phantom Menace, right? You do a comic adaption of it. Of this film. Uh-huh. You bring it out 10 months later <laughs> and it adds nothing. Nothing. There's no whatsoever. like there's no alternate angles or scenes or in inserts. There's no like there's all these other scenes that are in the novelization that add extra little like, you know, a little bit of sugar. Nothing. Nothing. And also like not only do they not bring anything to it, they don't match what we've already seen on on screen. It's the art's not dynamic. The writing is not as good as the dialogue we've already heard. It's so puzzling. It's so arrogant. Yep. And and that's the thing. It, it's so off base. Like, you know, like, that's the thing when Dark Horse had it, there was like, you know, I know it's a different era and stuff. Like, you know, it's owned by Disney now and it's, but there was like Dark Horse had, it was, it was pretty synced up. There was, there was stories that led into the movie. Then there was the. The, the comic that came out, like, that week. Yeah, like, and there was Star Wars Legacy, which happened, like, 100 years after the, 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 the original trilogy, which is amazing by John Ostrander. The, like, what, like, to bring out a comic adaption of the film 10 months later, or how many months it was? I'm pretty sure it was 10. Oh, no, it might be, it might be about 8. That doesn't matter. But anyway, that Round adds, adds nothing to the story. Like, it's just baffling. Yeah. That like, and sense. that's what I mean. There's, a, there's this weird disconnect. Like, there was going to be a Rogue One um, leading comic. It got cancelled. Like, and now we're, like, they're launching a Darth Maul comic. Like, because yeah. I know when I'm thinking Rogue One, I'm just like, what about Darth Maul? You know that character that got killed? In Phantom Menace, but he's now back, he's back. Baby. Yeah. yeah, that's if if listen, if you think I've cried about these <laughs> fucking comics <laughs> you get me on this Darth Maul coming back bullshit. One of the highest grossing films of all time, one of the most like instantly iconic characters of all time, gets chopped in half and they bring him back in a fucking like kids cartoon because George Lucas has a whim. He decides there's other stuff to do with him. That's the thing about George Lucas. Genius. But not so good on the continuity. But I can go on about that Darth Maul thing forever. <laughs> and I love Darth Maul. Darth Maul is badass. Like, I got my Darth Maul SH figure arts figure, and I'm just like, hell yeah, Darth oh, Maul. No. Darth Maul isn't badass. His design is badass. There's anything beyond that. No, I, I like. Of course, I would have liked to have seen more of him in the in the movies beforehand, for sure. But yeah, but I I think Darth Maul was sick. Okay, I think he's all, like. What about him? What, what don't you like about him in the Phantom Menace? Oh no, I just I, I don't remember anything about him in the Phantom Menace beyond what he looked like. He jumped around. He fought. Yeah, that's he it. He was menacing. <laughs> um, I just think. Uh, yeah, I I have very. Tell me wa- about his character. He wants revenge. <laughs> on the what? What does he want revenge on? He wants revenge on the Jedi. 
I owe him some cash. Um, I tell you, um, at Star Wars Celebration in London, I was at this bar with a bunch of Lucasfilm people at about three in the morning, just having a really good time. Uh-huh. Like I was, I was, I was, I was really, really holding court at the bar, and and. I was having. I was in the midst of maybe one of the greatest weekends of my life, and Ray Park is there, Darth Maul, and he comes up to the bar and sort of says hello, and then orders something from the bar, and then walks off. It's like two thirty in the morning, and this dude is like, you know, he's a martial arts expert. You know, he can do all flips and stuff, and I assume he's very fit. Uh huh. In about 20 minutes later, the bartender motions for him to come over. He walks over, gets handed a large pizza. <laughs> he had his revenge on that pizza. <laughs> he, I've never seen anyone eat... Like, he just... Put, a, put that in a comic, Marvel. He just... He, like, rolled the pizza into, like, like a... Like, sort of like a... Like how you'd roll up... Like a slice of pizza, you'd roll it... Like you'd roll like a pancake and just plowed slice after slice. The devastation. <laughs> it, was ama- it, was, it was amazing to like try and watch off the corner of your, like without staring. It was very good. Hopefully he heads to an Italian restaurant in the, uh, in the comic that we can expect in a couple months. Oh yeah, there is a comic coming out, yeah. Um, you just said it was, is there? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, there's a new Darth Maul comic. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but I'm, I'm up for it. Like, Darth Maul, that's amore. <laughs> Coming next year. Like, um, and I'm keen for it, but it's just like, it's Rogue One. Like, like, where are the Rogue One comics? Sure, yeah. Well, I'm probably 10 months from now, like the uh, Force Awakens ones were. So the last comic on this list is one you probably haven't read, which is the Han Solo comic written by Marjorie Liu. I've read the first issue. Tell me, like, what's it like? It's pretty true to his character. Um, it might be a bit too whimsical for you. Uh, it's about what do you him. Mean by whimsical. There are lots of uh, al- actually, you know, it's all alien-based whimsy, which I think you're okay with. Like aliens who do things based like that, on that in the Star Wars comic where he had the fake wife, who is now apparently going to be in the Han Solo movie. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> alongside Darth Vader. <laughs> Very funny. Good call back to the podcast. <laughs> what an asshole! You try to help out someone and they just turn on you. It's my fourth podcast of the day, buddy. Um, yeah, the whole like fake wife thing that that was that was about as professional wrestling storyline. As Star Wars can get. That next was, that next was time pre- we do an episode together, I'll get you to read the professional, re- the WWE comic that came out last month. Oh, is it good? It's really good. No shit. <laughs> it's really it? good. Uh, what do they do? Are they like wrestling? Like, is it in it's, character? No, or? it's all about like filling in the gaps in between. What they do between stuff. Monday Night Raw? Yeah, it's awesome. Driving to like an Arby's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting some food. And like, oh, at one point they're like cooking. Uh, 
Sean, what's his face, is cooking. Uh, Sean Michaels. It's cooking, yeah. Cooking Sean Michaels is in the comic. Cooking steak. Sexy boy. Yeah, cooking steak. Heartbreak kid. Yeah. Mr. WrestleMania. That's right. Who, 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 the showstopper. He originally was in a trio. Do you want me to give more catchphrases? What's that? There are always catchphrases. He was originally in a trio with two other wrestlers. Maybe not. I could have fucked this up. <laughs> in any case, someone is on. Is, is, they're all cooking steaks for each other on top of a Mack truck. They're what? Cooking steaks on top of a Mack truck. That's what they do before between Monday Night Raws. Yeah. Now you know. So, so in the comic, they they hate each other still. Like, are they they have rivalries or? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And someone, and then there's like Tell a, to- a storyline. Tell me like I can't remember any of their names. Like worse than I can remember Star Wars names. So this will be painful. Hey Janine, how are you? Um, but uh, we'll, we'll do a wrestling comic episode. Right yeah. now, we need to decide what's the best Star Wars comic. Uh, Which is the best of all of them? I reckon that WWE one sounds <laughs> good, man. I'll get that to you. I'll get you a copy and I'll send it to you. It starts as a regular series next next year. But what uh, is the best Star Wars comic? Of all the ones, do you want me to go through the list again? We got Star Wars, the main series, Star Wars Darth Vader, Princess Leia, Kanan, Lando, Shattered Empire, Chewbacca, Vader Down, Obi-Wan and Anakin, C-3PO One-Shot, Poe Dameron, The Force Awakens, and Han Solo. All right, well, there's a few there I haven't read, obviously. Yep. To you, of that list, which is the best? I'm going to say Lando. I'm going to say as what I as I'm happy for Star Wars to be canonical, and I'm going to go Obi Wan and Anakin. Okay, just because it suits. Like I would say, like I could say, like the Star Wars ones. Like if I, if I can like be like sort of like select, I would say flashback Obi Wan. You totally should. Yeah, that, 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 they're really great issues, and. Um. And to see the, um, the 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 drawings or the what do you what do you call it in comics? Art. Draw- ah, the art. Yeah, the art. That's how you talk. <laughs> That's right. The drawing um, of young Luke, like a twelve-year-old Luke with that Tatooine bowl cut. Yep. It's it, it affects me. Like it definitely like I like I have an emotional attachment to seeing him younger. Yeah, I wish I could remember the name of the artist who does that, but he's the the, the almost like water, like almost painted artwork in that. In is it um, is so good? Is it? I want to say Mike Mayhew, but that might yeah, be, that's it who is. it is. Yeah, it's cool. Mike Mayhew. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. who um, I was making sure I wasn't confusing it with Peter Mayhew. Yeah, he um, he did the Star Wars, which was the. Sort of the dark horse finale of oh, doing yeah, sure. origi- the, the original script. Brian Wood running those ones. Yeah, so they took the original script of Star Wars with, you know, where Han Solo is a lizard man or whatever and made that into a comic. And it was like this quite a um, elaborate project. But I've had, um, I'm friends with Mike. He's a great dude. Oh, great. He's been on the podcast talking about the Star Wars and stuff. Oh, amazing. Um, he. Um, I, yeah, I, I think those flashback Luke episodes are, like, are, are really cool. Are you saying the third one's not that good? Is that what you said? Or am it's I... not not good. I just think I'm, I'm, I'm reading it from what I think your perspective would be, which I think you hate. But <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I, there is a moment in the third one that I don't think you would love. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Like, I, was, I watched something the other day about Rogue One. 
I have. I think I may, maybe. I think I maybe heard an interview they played it on a podcast, and one of the writers was saying that they watched all the movies and made a checklist of things they can't do or have to. They 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 wrote down a set of which I imagine would have been quite large of rules that they can't a do. Set of rules a, a that, are, that are established in the universe, and I think for me a satisfying comic is one that has those rules and works within those rules and tries a little harder rather than going how cool would it be if Luke faced Boba Fett it's like tries a little harder and pushes themselves into that territory where you get the stories where there's the rebel agent on Coruscant and he's dealing with machinations with Palpatine like you know, like push yourself and have some restraints. That I think there, there is one. I'm, I'm sure there's one issue of the Star Wars comic where Luke loses his lightsaber twice. Yep, twice. Like, Mad uh, can you imagine? Here's the, here's the second issue, isn't it? Can you imagine if you lost your car keys twice in the one day? And that is car keys. A lightsaber. Let's agree. That the best comics that Marvel have put out, the best Star Wars comics that Marvel put out, are the flashback issues of of Star Wars. The flashback to Obi Wan Kenobi. I agree with you on that. They are they have been like good to read as a uh, you know not Star Wars obsessed person, and obviously good read as one who is. So how beautiful is this? That after how long are we doing this podcast for? An hour fifteen. Okay, we're doing this. I've been taunted for an hour, and it ends with a consensus. I went in with the with the uh, outcome of hopefully achieving this. Say again. I went. I came in here with the outcome of hopefully achieving this. Well, it turns out that Levens and Steel didn't have that many issues after all. Just kidding. Star Wars sucks. Thanks so much for listening to Serious <laughs> Issues. You can find us online facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast or send us an email to Serious Issues at kingscomics.com if there is a uh, angry podcast host that you would like us to argue with in the future. Write to us and we'll try and make it happen. Uh, Steel can be found on two different podcasts on iTunes or uh, on, uh, on online. Hey, buddy, no buddy, what. buddy, buddy. I plug myself. Go right. for it, go uh, for it, go for it. Uh, yeah, I do two podcasts. One's called, it's a comedy podcast called I Love Green Guide Letters. Essentially, we make fun of the complaint letters that people write to the TV guide and we get people on that are getting complained about. And my other podcast, Steel Wars, has many different versions. Um, probably best known for the interviews that we do with um, Star Wars uh, actors and personalities and fans. Pretty much, I sort of go around the world trying to find interesting Star Wars stories for you guys to listen to. And uh, if you're a HeyFam fan, we interviewed Angus about his uh, work experience on Attack of the Clones and... Um, there were some laws that were broken. <laughs> I believe you refer to him as the Bart Simpson of uh, of Steel Wars. Yeah, and then we do like call-in shows and um, and news shows and stuff like that. But yeah, check it out. It's sort of Star Wars from hopefully a very well-informed but kind of fun, uh, funny perspective and stuff. And we interview like like um, like celebrity, you know, like people in bands. We've had. Um, Guys from Silverchair and Sung for Kate. We've had um, Lee Sales from the 7.30 Report. Peter Hellier talking about their Star Wars fandom. So check it out if you like, 
my rantings. I'm on there too. I'm, I'm much happier normally because uh, the rest of the Star Wars I'm pretty fond of. It's, <laughs> it's the comics that dig in. And Levens is on the latest episode. We just did a, um, a, a series of uh, Force Awakens live reactions around the country. And Levens and Angus and Kyron uh, on the Sydney one, which was super fun. Awesome. It definitely was. Thanks so much to uh, Steel for joining us today. And uh, like we say every week, stay serious. And may that force be with you. May this serious force be serious. Hey, this is Levens. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevens.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.